Sonic States Coming up on Sonic Talk, we have Native Instruments Complete-ish 8, Studio Drums, Google Plus for Teaching, and Sensor Music's UC, and much more. Sonic Talk is brought to you by Yamaha. Check out their N8 and N12 Firewire mixers and Mac Pro Video, the premier training resource for audio-related courses. Save 20% on any download by going to sonicstate.com forward slash mpv. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk number 228. Can't believe it. We're heading towards our 230th episode, uh, which is, uh, seems like an awfully long time away from episode 100 or even 200. So uh, welcome. Uh, it's today. It's Wednesday, 4 o'clock, uh, 3rd of August, and we've got a live chat room. For those of you who wonder what I'm talking about, sonicstate.com forward slash live, uh, Wednesday, 4 p.m., and you get a live video stream of uh, all the participants and a live chat room experience. Uh, we like to call it the uh, super turbo brain because they help us out with uh, any... Anything that I, well, certainly I can't think of, because uh, I know my, my, my esteemed guests are full of amazing information. So we'll jump straight to it. Um, uh, well, we'll start with you, Gaz, because you seem to have centre stage there. Gaz Williams, back um, at home today. Ma- nearly got you in a, a, a lay-by, but uh, you, you made it home. In- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, uh, it was such a go, but um, thankfully it was, a, it was a good journey, so uh, didn't get too delayed. We were wondering whether or not we might see you in uh, Eastern and Gordano services this week, um, or possibly Taunton Dean. But that's something we'll have to look forward to another time. Anyway, Gaz is a record producer, musician, composer, all sorts of things. Songsurgeon.co.uk is where you can find out, which is a brilliant website, by the way, Gaz. I've done a great job on oh, that. Thanks. So, and, uh, let's see, well, who should we have next? I can see uh, Mark Tinley there, um, who's... Next to me on the lower level of the uh, icons here, and uh, Rich helpfully p- pointed, we've got Mark Tinley, uh, likebeing.com, uh, sound artist, creative thinker, all those things. How are you, Mark? I'm all right. I'm very well, actually. Thank you. Jolly good. Uh, it's been, you, yeah, we've, we've, it's been hor- it's horribly humid here today. I'm actually, it's the backs of the knees are sweating. So I might have to quit, switch on the air conditioning every once in a while just to sort of oh, cool we- me down a bit. We've had torrential rain here, like car crash kind of rain with lots of... But actually, it hasn't made any difference to the weather at all, so I don't even know why I'm telling you that. <laughs> I will uh, get the opportunity to um, to have a bit of that because it's so, so hot. Anyway, Mark, glad you could join us. Um, and uh, over there, let's say, jump over to... We'll, we'll leapfrog uh, PJ Tracy there just for the time being. As uh, There is Rich Hilton in Connecticut. Hiltonius, his uh, web handle. You can find him on Facebook, YouTube. I'm not sure about YouTube, but Facebook, Google+, all of those good places. How are you, Rich? Very well, thank you. Very well. Excellent. <laughs> good, good. Glad to have you. Had a good week? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I have, actually. Good. You say, you're, you're, um, cause you're, I know you've been suffering from a bad chest and uh, all those things. It sounds like that's improving uh, considerably. Yeah, I think um, it's starting to come back. I've, I've been feeling healthy for a while now. That's good. Glad to hear it. And um, finally, we'll say hello to PJ Tracy from PJ Tracy. Ah, no, it's not PJ Tracy Music. It's tri- what was it called? What's your new URL? Uh, PJ Tracy Sound. PJ Tracy Sound. Emmy-winning composer PJ Tracy from Minneapolis. You can see him there as a uh, a handsome static icon. We haven't persuaded him to get the video uh, hooked up yet, but we will, I'm sure. Anyway, PJ, I'm glad to have you aboard. How have you been? I have been fantastic. Yeah, it's been a good week. And our humidity is finally broken here. Uh, We were up above 80% at the dew point the last few days. I'm getting a... 
I'm getting kind of a crazy Skype um, delay, my own voice feeding back on me. Yeah. Microphone. Ah. What? That was is me. Is that a light bulb above your head? Yeah, it is. There you go. There you go. It was Skype that suddenly come up with, uh, it had an alternative routing. Brilliant. Hello? Hello. Yeah. Don't hear it anymore. Yeah. That was me. I'm very, very sorry. If you could see my video, which has now stopped working, you'd see that I was blushing. I'm just, I'm just glad it wasn't me. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry about this. Uh, uh, Rob Schnauzer in the chat room said this is already the best show ever. Thank you very much, folks. <laughs> we'll jump straight in because we're, we're, this is for the edit because those who are listening live will know that we've just been having a load of Skype problems. But through the magic of technology, I will cut all of that out for the podcast version. Right, ah, yes, what have Native Instruments got cooking? Well, quite a lot as it happens, but we'll start. Right, well, that was the teaser, and now here's the main feature, which I was expecting to be something else, but here's the main feature now, so uh, we'll just play. So, well, no, we do know that uh, com- Complete 8 has been... Studio Welcome Drummer. to Studio Drummer, Native Instruments' perfect realization of a drummer in software. It's also the only instrument of its kind built on the amazing new features of Contact 5, the world's most powerful sampling engine, and the free Contact 5 player. With Studio Drummer, anyone can create dynamic, authentic, high-quality drum tracks. You get the drums, the studio, and your own session drummer in the form of over 3,500 grooves and fills in a wide range of musical styles. All are recorded live especially for Studio Drummer for organic, physical authenticity. The drum sounds come from three incredible sounding drum kits recorded at the legendary Teldex Studios in Berlin. The stadium kit delivers the huge sound. Right, well, we'll stop there because it's just a total PR. But um, that is the that was the big news. I was expecting something a little bit more mysterious given the previous trailer. But, I mean, Native Instruments have just kind of... They've just blasted the entire um, universe with new products, new bundles, new stuff. Uh, that was Studio Drummer, uh, which is, if I get to, to it quickly, it's got uh, 3,500 patterns, 17 gigabytes of pristine 24-bit samples capturing the unique sound responses from original kits. Uh, three different kits, uh, Pearl Masters Premium Maple, Yamaha Maple Custom, and a Sonor SQ2 drum system. I actually have to say, I thought they sounded pretty damn good. There's, a, there's also a demo which I might be able to load up. Um, maybe we'll come to that a bit later on. But oh, I've just closed the window instead, so we won't cap to that anymore. Let's go to our panel, and they can dig me out of this deep hole I'm creating for myself by not being totally prepared. So, folks, um, what do you think? Um, I was, I've been going through all my old discs and kind of uh, backing stuff up onto a hard disc and throwing lots of very rotten-looking CDRs away. And and um, I was actually on the Native Instruments website earlier on today, 
and I have absolutely no idea what they make anymore and can't even get my head around their website. So Complete 8 just seems to be everything, but it seems to be everything apart from all the discs that I've got. <laughs> so I've got something called Dynamo. What was that? What was it? And why, why do I have it? That's a good question. I'm not entirely sure. It's obviously a discontinued product. Dynamo. What was Dynamo? It, it, it does ring a bell. It was, like a, it was a forerunner to Reactor. It was like a presets of kind of like Reactor type since uh i think you got about 60 different sort of synthesizers that i think they were built in reactor i think it was like a, it definitely was an early version of reactor uh, wasn't so dynamo didn't dynamo away. run concurrent with reactor for a long time and it was a it was as gaz says kind of a reactor player it didn't allow you to get down on the to the uh yeah. core level core level of reactor Quite okay. so i can i can throw that away then but i mean i kind of I don't know. I always sort of think that I should have more com, uh, more native instrument stuff in my computer, and I never kind of get around to it. And I don't know what <laughs> stops me really, especially as Reactor is such a powerful um, tool. Well, you've got such a now system. you've got such a massive choice. There's tons of it. I mean, they release. They've done their two. There are two systems for those who perhaps haven't uh, been aware. There's a, a complete eight which is almost everything, oh. and then Complete 8 Ultimate, which is absolutely everything, and comes on a hard drive. Woohoo! Finally, someone's <laughs> done it. What brilliant. a brilliant idea. That's brilliant. And that costs, I think that's about, uh, what does it cost? It costs about, uh, I think it's €999 Euros for the hard drive version, and uh, about €599 Euros for the other one, which, I mean, you know, if you take it into consideration, it's... It, it's pretty cheap for all of that stuff. And, I, and I've won, as I was saying, I think those studio drums sound great. There are, in fact, if I can quickly, I might be able to find it. If I, I'll, I'll have a go. Because um, there's, there's a whole bunch of um, demos of uh, the uh, solo drum tracks. Uh, and you can hear, uh, let me see, products, uh, I think it might be, I'll see if I've got, I can find it here. But they sound really damn good, I have to say. I mean, for, for live drum stuff, and I, I'm guessing they're not necessarily the patterns, they're stuff that uh, other people have uh, uh, played through pads and what have you. But anyway, um, so, I don't know, Rich, you're, you've got loads of stuff, you've got BFD and what have you. Does this look like something um, that you kind of would bother with? You're going to go for Complete 8 and Studio Drummer? I'll probably get Complete 8, not the version that sells me all the samples that I've got already, you know, the Scarby stuff and everything else. They've got an ultimate version where they give you gobs of sample packages along with the software in addition to the normal factory libraries. So there's sort of two tiers now of Complete. It's, I think, new with this release. I'll probably get the basic Complete, which will include this, my take on this is it makes perfect sense from a product standpoint for them to want to compete with BFD and the other, whatever the tune track product is and addictive drums and all those guys. It Superior. makes perfect sense for them to, to bend their contact engine. Oh, oh sorry. Sorry about that. Pardon? Sorry about that. I had a bit of a, 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 a operator error. I was trying to load the solo drums just to sort of give you, because it's a bit buried in the, in the sound. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in the Native Instruments site. Um, yeah, I, I, it always calls it every summer. I mean, what, this must be the eighth year, I'm guessing, they've done a complete, or didn't they take a year off? But that always causes a stir. And, and pre, in previous years, partly because it wasn't everything. It wasn't a complete. So you actually ended up with no. not quite everything. But this time, you really can do it. Yeah, but it's well, the last. 
Go ahead, guys. Go ahead. But I was just going to say that I noticed that they call in it complete. Like the, the the cheaper version doesn't actually come not just with samples, but it also doesn't come with like some of the newer products. Like a razor isn't in the the cheaper package, nor is uh, the mouth. That's not in the cheaper package either. So it does kind of make oh. the mm. the name complete a little bit suspect now, doesn't it? I suspect that must be something to do with the lines because those are third party developed instruments that they probably can't maybe do it with. No, they yeah, that's that's true. The Alicia Keys and the, the George Duke ones are not included in the cheaper package either. But it, it's a two tiered thing now. They're, they're trying to sell it to two different markets now. It justifies raising mm-hmm. the price of the bigger one, although I don't know if they have. And mm-hmm. it, it gives them two tiers to sell to, and it makes perfect sense. And I already have the mouth, and I think I may even have Razor. Razor's uh, good. I do like Razor. And they're cheap to buy individually, too, those things. I mean, for the most part, they're not. Yeah, like 60 terrible. bucks. Yeah, but the thing is. With all of those and, things, they uh, you can't save presets if you're using just the the contact. The, no, sorry, the the player razor. You cannot save. I preset. think they've dumped. I thought they had dumped the contact player. Not but contact. Now I, it's they, the uh, uh, reactor player. But, but they're offering one now with this drum kit. This big on the website. There's a big thing that says contact player. I was like, wait. A no, minute, they haven't dumped it, Rich. It's it's still being used as the front end for a lot of third party sample libraries. Even if okay. you don't own contact. Yeah. Okay. Well, the yep. other nice thing about this drum package, to get back to the drum package for a moment, is that it's 169 bucks US. Now, admittedly, it's only three kits. Whereas the other guys all give you like gobs of kits, um, typically. Although Addictive Drums only gives you, I don't know, half a dozen. Super- Superior only gives you one kit. Oh, is that right? Yeah, okay, and their well, initial then... release, it's only one, yeah. Okay. Well, then I guess three kits will seem like a bunch to some people. I mean, BFD gives you, I think, a bunch, mm-hmm. and uh, Addictive gives you a few, and these guys give you a few, I guess. Uh, it looks pretty cool. It looks like a nice interface. A lot of people exploiting this uh, scripting and this contact interface these days. I see a lot of products, interesting products. I was looking at one yesterday that uh, was just released by Sample Logic, is it? It's the one with the the marching field drummers and the horns, and it was recorded at Skywalker by Major Cats, and it's, it's to give impact and film score stuff. And uh, it's written very nice, a lot of scripting for the contact engine, a lot of custom-looking effects and stuff, and just a lot of people are writing for this right now. It seems to have really been adopted. I guess it's must be comfortable for them to write to. Mm. Uh, also, uh, Flux302 in the chat room says, uh, Complete 8 is also fully compatible with Machine 1.7, so it makes Machine like a huge workstation, yeah. which is another point. It's starting to kind of feel, because for a long time it was all a bit disparate. Now you can see these threads coming together. We've got the reactor thread, we've got the contact-based thread there, just and the machine thread, and it's kind of starting to look much more focused as a whole product group. And it looks well. Now it's interesting. It's interesting that you say that, Nick, because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. How machine was sort of poised to possibly replace core as a more understandable product that could envelop their entire product line, and it looks like they they've done this now. Maybe so. Is battery still going? Then I think there's a new version of battery yeah. coming out, isn't there? Didn't I see that? As, where are we up to? Battery. Yeah. Th- uh, still battery three. Battery three. three point- 
Has it come to yeah. 3.5? I, th- I, th- I mean, there. I'd like to try out these studio drums. I must say, I thought they sounded pretty good. I mean, Mark, uh, they are quite traditional, but I mean, I'm guessing that's the point of them. You've got 3,500 patterns. You can drag and drop stuff, and it looks... What's really cool, there's sort of big buttons for half-time, double-time, you know, just... It's sort of almost... You can get into this really fast arrange mode, which I'm guessing for a lot of people... I mean, this is... You know, I've, I was talking to Matt Robertson yesterday, who's a, a working composer. He's currently doing the Bjork tour, and he has to do some really fast turnarounds for uh, orchestration and that kind of thing. And it's all about speed for people who work for a living doing this stuff. He was saying, you know, that you're getting this ridiculously fast, you know, it's like, can you do all of these massive changes by end of play today and it's now two o'clock in the afternoon kind of stuff? And that's what I'm guessing this this is for all of those people, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Also, it's exploiting the advantage. If you can run everything in contact, they have a memory manager that runs outside the host RAM, even in a 32-bit environment. So you can actually like load that sucker up and it's not bogging down your... Uh, your main DAW, and that's a pretty cool advantage too. And so the the fact that all of this is appearing for Contact Four does have a certain appeal, say for me, because if I'm doing basics and I'm running either BFD or Addictive Live with some sort of major bass patch and maybe Ivory Piano and a couple of string patches, all of a sudden my eight core computer is like you know spitting steam because um, it's all trying to run from within the host. DAW's RAM allotment. Whereas if you run a lot of it in contact, you can run most of that outside the host's RAM allotment and everything continues to be zippy and responsive. Ah, cool. Mark, you just moved again. I'm liking it. Your videos come back to life. What did you think about this? Is I mean, is this a bit too straight for you, or do you th- think it could be useful? I mean, because you were doing for a while, like the, as far, you know, throw a dong song down as quickly as possible kind of thing. I was doing that. Um, oh. I don't know. I'd have to listen to the sound of the drums. I don't always like the way people mic drums, and I'm becoming increasingly kind of um, what's the word? Disparaging, maybe it's the word. Maybe my ears have changed. I'm just beginning to find that anything that anybody records tends to sound unbelievably unrealistic. Well, check this out. I'm just going to play. Let me play this quickly. This is solo garage kit. Okay. See if it plays. Obviously, that's going to be down Skype, so it probably won't be awfully useful. But to my ears, that was actually quite um, uh, quite impressive in terms of just dynamics and that, that stuff you get with cymbals where you re-trigger loads of cymbals and it just starts to choke and just sounds wrong. It didn't, I didn't notice any of that with there. So they've obviously oh, okay. done some trickery or you know, figured out something going on with that. And I, that's what I quite liked about it. Uh, I mean, it's very, you know, it's very studio drums. They've gone for a sort of garage tr- vibe, a stadium vibe, and a kind of dry studio thing. So, I mean, those are the three kits you get. But you can probably mess around with them quite a lot, I guess. But I'm, I, I would like to try it out, definitely. I mean, I think it's definitely got uh, a lot of potential. But it is every... Every, I mean, because I'm sure a couple of years ago, we all used, you know, people that came on just used to moan endlessly about native instruments and how difficult it was to get running. Has that all stuff gone away now? Is that much easier to, is it much easier to handle? Yeah, I think the service center business is pretty straightforward now. It doesn't give you any grief. Uh, I think it's all 
yeah, I think it's all pretty good. It used to be really efforty, didn't it? Um, I think I've, I haven't had any problems. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, I think since they've moved to the new contact player, so for third third party libraries and then contact two point five and above, um, native instruments hands down, in my opinion, is sort of the best platform for that type of thing that's available currently. Um, I know some people really like the Mach five engine, but I still think that um Rich had alluded to this earlier that a lot of people have adopted um contact as kind of the de facto standard for front-end um, sample library playback. And uh, I think that has to do with its really, really deep and customizable scripting engine. Um, there are some absolutely amazing instruments out there right now. If anybody is interested in at the height or what's going on at the height of sampling currently, I suggest looking at Ilya Efimov's Nylon String Guitar Library. This thing is unreal. I've, I've never heard or played an instrument that sounds so realistic. From a sample library. And that's a contact-based thing, right? It is. Yep. And so there are some people that, I mean, there's, it's kind of all over the map, the way that people utilize the scripting engine, and some people use it to greater effect than others. Uh, but all in all, this is a really, really deep engine, and I think, uh, you know, as it stands currently, hasn't even been fully exploited yet. Right. Well, anyway, um, you can check it out. That, like I say, there's a load of stuff uh, from NI coming out. Um, I think this is going to be available September the first. There's pricing information. Uh, I think I've got some. Have I got some here? Uh, yeah, I can probably might be able to throw that to the screen. Although it will probably look a bit small. Uh, yeah, it looks like uh, thousand ninety nine bucks for the full version. Nine hundred ninety nine euros. That's the uh, ultimate, which comes on a drive, two hundred forty gigabytes. 50 instruments and number of number of included products 50 or the complete eight which is 27 and 110 gigabytes which is in no way complete obviously because it's not as big anyway but that's another point um so nick yes may i just mention one more thing as regards uh these sort this studio drums product that they're winding into complete eight um if there's anybody that's new listening to the podcast new to audio production um they should be aware that uh, this is Native Instruments foray into an already very thick field, as we alluded to earlier, of a very similar style products. And my recommendation to anybody sort of getting into this kind of thing and wanting to make a purchase like this, uh, all all of the major companies that produce these these drum libraries, in my humble opinion, do a very, very good job of realistic sounding drums, including cymbals, including depth of articulation and depth of velocity. And so it's a matter of sort of looking at all of the major platforms, BFD, Superior Drummer, um, Sonic Reality stuff from uh, Ocean Way, uh, Addictive Drums, as Rich mentioned earlier, and this new product from Native Instruments and sort of looking at the production philosophy you know, the workflow philosophy within those products and seeing what suits you as an individual, because they're all very competitively priced for the most part, um, with the, uh, you know, being able to add additions, uh, deeper libraries, different effects, that kind of thing as as add-on prices. So I I would just recommend to anybody that's getting into this to, to sort of do due diligence and, you know, go, go to the individual websites and, and, and go online to the forums and sort of discover what is the workflow process within each of these products before making a purchase? Because that'll make, make or break the difference as to whether or not you actually use the thing, you know, in, in your day-to-day work. 
Well said. Yes, that's a very good point and perhaps something that uh, that we may have overlooked in our initial uh, discussion of it. But yeah, uh, well said there, uh, PJ. I think at this point I'm going to say thank you very much to our show sponsors who are, of course, Yamaha. Um, we're very pleased that they've uh, they, they stay with us for such a number of months, years even now. Uh, we're looking at here, if you're watching the video stream, uh, some lovely sexy shots of the Yamaha N12 and N8, which is a kind of hybrid mixer, analog mixer technology with... Firewire digital audio, 24-bit, 96 kilohertz. Uh, the N-series features characterized N-mic preamps, which are very high-quality mic preamps and good A to Ds on it, as uh, uh, we've heard from a variety of people. A sweet spot morphing compressor, advanced integration with Cubase, high Z input for director guitar or bass recording, wide-range musical EQ, high-resolution Rev-X reverb, fully integrated pro-level monitoring suite, aux sends for artist monitoring and external processing, dry or wet monitoring control. As I said, 24-bit, 96K digital quality. And what... Um, Yamaha would like you to do is obviously just go and try one out. Run some sounds through it. Run a mic up it. Listen to some audio. Check out the compressors and the EQs and see how they sound for you. And you can do that if you go to yamahadownload.com or yamahasynth.com. You'll find in the UK a series of Pulse stores. And these are kind of the major Yamaha uh, dealers that have stores within stores that uh, specialize with Yamaha gear. And you'll be able to go in and check them out there. And if you go to the US, uh, if you're based in the US, uh, again, if you go to the larger distributors, you'll be able to uh, check one out in store and we thoroughly recommend that you do so and once again we say thank you very much to yamaha for their continued spots of the show yamahasynth.com yamahadownload.com just go check out where you can take a look at one of these uh, analog hybrid mixers the n8 and the n12 right folks um let's think gosh uh what's the next topic we've got uh, a variety here we uh let's see Google Plus for guitar lessons. Anyone, anyone interested in this topic? It's quite an interesting way of uh, utilising technology, and I'm guessing we have people who do a bit of teaching. So maybe I'll just play a little bit. This is, this is basically Google Hangout using Google Hangout, uh, which is a Google Plus product, as guitar teaching. This is Noli Grotti. Grotti has tested it, and it's a, a way of teaching lessons. Um, he uses a different profiles for different camera angles, which is quite innovative, and including a projector. And I'm guessing he can teach up to six or seven people at a time, but I mean, you could take it even further than that if you use camera switching software. So I'll just switch that off. But interesting idea, isn't it? I mean, uh, uh, Rich, our uh, Amped uh, editor, he took... Uh, he found this, and it just looked like, oh, what a great, cool idea, because usually it's one-to-one stuff, but this could actually be a really good enabling t- technology for teaching all kinds of things, you know, not just guitar. Yeah. I see you nodding there, uh, uh, Gaz, because obviously you do quite a lot of teaching in your sort of day-to-day uh, business, right? Yeah. Yes, I mean, yeah, it looks brilliant. Uh, I'm kind of very intrigued about it, really. I think uh, I've been waiting for the technology to kind of catch up with this. This idea is sort of certainly... Was- considering many years ago but just there was nothing there to do it really so yeah i'm uh definitely give that one a plus i guess uh, yeah it's still it's still in beta clearly so that's the only problem but not everybody can get on it but a great idea i don't know uh rich think this has potential could you see it working absolutely on on, on a group way yeah sure um all of the conferencing software, I mean, Apple's been doing this for years. We know that with iChat and Skype does it now because we do 
do the show on it. So to do an interactive sort of hangout scenario has been possible in the past, but I think the difference here is that it'll run within your browser. And that's the deal, is that it runs anywhere on any browser that you can host it. You don't need anybody's special software. You don't need any kind of special subscription. Um, not that I don't love Skype and use it constantly, but I'm just saying. So on some level, this technology has existed. And yes, I think it's extraordinarily uh, beneficial and useful and could be productive. And people have exploited it to some extent, but now I see it being exploited more. Because on Google Plus also, I'm seeing people uh, doing sort of concert broadcasts from their homes. Well, but they can only go girl. to 10 people, right? Well, no, they actually, the Google Plus people got involved and they developed a way to seed the broadcast into other accounts, you know, 10 at a time, basically. Oh, at interesting. least that's how I understand it. That, at least that's how I understand it. But anyway, um, they kind of picked up on this right away because this was like the first week Google Plus was being widely used. And, uh, and so anyway, uh, getting back, yes, I think this is a really, really useful thing. And I think it's very cool that it runs in a browser window. Because the world, certainly Google's world, is becoming has become very browser centric, and they're trying to make it browser centric. And their uh, Chrome browser has a lot of really useful plugins to interact with Google Plus in a sort of enjoyable way. Yeah, interesting. And maybe something to do for sort of interview and sort of one to many. I guess they have to increase the number of participants. But that that I've not heard about that uh, ability to reseed it to a group, more groups of ten. That's very interesting. I know, yeah. uh, um, Mark. Have you? Uh, DP Tronic actually in the chat room says that he gets guitar lessons via Skype. And I know Rob Chappers, one of our uh, reviewers, uh, he does Skype guitar lessons as well. Have you? Is that something you've tried or done? Uh, had any sort of training or anything that, using this way? No, no, but I do know a man who uh, worked at Middlesbrough University or Tyne Tees University who's developing some online interactive tuition uh, software. And he showed that to me, and I had a sort of a, an insight into what that would make possible. And watching that guy teaching those people, I, I don't know, it kind of, it just, I, it just makes the world smaller in a way, doesn't it? The fact that there's a Lithuanian, but he was teaching people in America, right? So he's I got a Lithuanian so. guy teaching someone in America. So I just, I don't know, I just think all of this technology is just going to get better and better and things like that are going to become more and more possible aren't they so um, yeah. i haven't actually tried it i don't know if I, I i i would want to know that i could see his hands and get it i'd kind of want to get a feel for what he was doing and whether i could do that across a an internet connection or not i don't know i mean obviously i've had guitar lessons with a real human being yeah well it's easier um, i mean the resolution is much higher for starters isn't it? So. absolutely yeah do do we know in with google plus if you can do screen sharing like you can do with skype because uh, when i've done i've done like kind of uh, reaper tutorials of one-on-one with people and you can do screen sharing so therefore I'll click that screen sharing so they can see what I'm doing. So I'll talk them through various kind of um, techniques or things. Um, Is that them seeing your screen or you controlling yeah, those? Right. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't be. think you can. But there must be a way. I mean, if you you get some some basic camera switching software, there's screen capture to to video source. I mean, I'm sure you could get mm. it to work. I mean, it might be a bit clunky to, initially, but yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we're using here when I when I'm showing this shot. This is a screen capture being rebroadcast mm. to something that makes it look like it's a USB camera interface, which means it gets sent, you know, out to a streaming thing. So it is it is certainly possible. It's just a question of you know that that's a bit more fiddly, perhaps. That may be a byproduct of that distinction where this thing runs in a browser and the things that do that run within their own shells. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I know for a fact that whatever scripting goes into making that happen in iChat and in Skype couldn't be done in a browser window within Google+. Plus. I just don't think they do it right now. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, I think, uh, I think it'll be possible. It's just going to be... A matter of time of simplifying because i mean this this setup that i have here you know is is actually quite complicated and it's taken me a long time to figure out how to make it work so that's not something you can easily and quickly condense down into sort of i just want it to work kind of scenario it takes a little bit of work so i'm sure it will come if there's a demand for it so um i should probably say also uh, we have we, we do have our another sponsor which is the Mac Pro Video, we're offering a special discount on a number of courses there, which is uh, something that uh, we're very pleased to be able to announce. We can give you an extra 20% on any of these tutorials. And um, I must say that there are an enormous number. We've got all the major doors, Logic, Pro Tools, Cubase, Reason, Audio Plugins, GarageBand, Ableton Live, Melodyne, Isotope, Stutter, Mainstage, Contact, including some scripting, as well as Sibelius, Redmatica, Omnisphere, and Trillion. There's a whole bunch of stuff. I think there's several hundred uh, of these uh, courses here. So if you want actually to uh, take advantage of the 20% discount that we can offer through Sonic Talk, uh, all you have to do is go to sonicstate.com forward slash MPV, and that will bounce you on to Mac Pro Video, and they'll be able to know where it came from and apply that 20% discount. So we do, if you're looking at um, using this service, which actually is really handy for, like we've been talking about tutorial, this whole video thing works really well because you can see what's going on, and they've got some very experienced tutors there. Uh, do try it out. Uh, like I say, 20% discount, sonicstate.com forward slash MPV. Obviously, MPV stands for Mac Pro Video. So we do recommend um, that you go through us and get that discount. So thanks once again to Mac Pro Video for allowing us to bring this opportunity to you. Right. Uh, let's just switch back to me. So what should we do next? We've got a whole bunch of things. Uh, there's, there's, there's so many. I think one of them was kind of funky the, that we have... Uh, do we want to do Herbie or do we want to do the... Um, the you seen? What do we think? Should wait for Dave, maybe. For, with the, Herb, with the Herbie. Herbie one. Yeah, I thought he was going to be all right. Let's do you seen this because this is a very interesting. I know, um, Rich, you'll have you would have a lot to say on this as well. But I think maybe we'll wait until uh, we've got another synth nut on, and he can uh, he can he can do this because I can combine this with another couple that I found while I was looking. But let's take a look at sensor music. You seen? Sorry, folks. Thank you. 
Right, I'll stop that there, but that is uh, sensormusic.com, and it's called Ucene. Its current version is 5.7. And as far as I know, it's, it's a transformative real-time sampling and effects sequencing for live use, as well as being able to build custom interfaces for controlling all of your particular setup. And it's got to 5.7, and it looks incredibly comprehensive. It allows you to organise patches, sound and effects in, sequence, in sequences so you can run patch changes against time, create huge, creative or stupid audio routing within the mixing table, uh, manage 32 audio sources and apply different effects returns to any of them. It's, it looks like something really interesting. I, I confess, I have never heard of it. And it came up and I was thinking, why have I never heard of this? If it's a version 5.7, I mean, it is a Windows-only thing. But uh, perhaps that might be it, because I'm not... But I'm thinking I might try this. I might stick it on uh, one of my Windows uh, partitions and see how it goes. Look pretty good. Uh, Mark, did you get a chance to look at this? I have had the chance to look at it, but you've just completely thrown me, because I thought it was something that I'd already been using. <laughs> and you just said it's Windows only, but I was using something else which allowed me to make my own VST plugins and save them. Is that SynthEdit? Oh, I don't know. I'm confused now. <laughs> 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 Go and read it properly. Uh, Rap in the uh, chat room wants to know if it works with OSC. I believe it does. I think there is an OSC uh, layer, so you can control. Because I think uh, there one demo he was showing that it it, com- it communicates with Touch OSC on an iPad or an iPod Touch and communicates with the software, so you can use it in that sense. So it looks actually pretty comprehensive from that point of view. I've just never come across it. It looks remarkably like SynthEdit, or some of the, especially the the um, the edit window. I'm looks sure almost yeah. exactly the same, where you've got like these things that you can patch in and out. I mean, it's sort of a bit like Max as well, isn't it? But, yeah, I mean, I'm guessing it is. I've not, I've never, I, I've, I've kept away from that kind of stuff because I know that it's going to absorb hours and hours of my time yeah, that I does. just don't have available <laughs> you at the moment. Get lost forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> PJ, you're a PC guy. Have you heard of this stuff? You, you you work on a PC? No, I hadn't until you sent the link. Um, this strikes me as something that would sort of live in the same world as Live with Max, um, or Max for Live, that kind of thing. That, um, is Max for Live it, a Mac only? Am I right in thinking that, or does it actually work on PC as well? Rob Schnauzer in the chat room says it's native, no, it's or no native in Ableton. I'm assuming that means or no native in Ableton. I'm not quite sure, but yes, I think so. Oh well, yeah, very a very similar thing. Yeah, you know that the kind of the DIY community that uh, that likes to sort of create their own, um, you know, their own live templates and interact with all of their gear in, in unique and interesting ways would could take advantage of something like this and adopt it as a platform. Personally, um, I don't currently have have a lot of use for for something like this, so I haven't I haven't really delved deeper into it. But it does look these things have always looked very very interesting to me. I mean, back back a few years uh, a few years ago, I got a little bit into doing some Max and MSP programming, and it's uh, it's it's fun. It's great. So yeah. It looks uh, like, I mean, because this, this might solve one of the problems, because one of the things I was, again, going back, I've done this great interview, uh, which I'm hopefully posting in the next, well, n- not so long. Um, one of the reasons that uh, Matt Robertson uses Live Live is because it's so fast and easy to map controllers to. It looks like this, if you're not using Live, perhaps you may be using Cubase or another program. 
uh, on, on Windows, you've got a much quicker way of mapping controllers. It's like a translation layer, and you can set up these very complicated and quite interesting. If I switch to the uh, the screenshot of this, you may be able to see what it's what it what the sort of Windows is capable of. It looks very. Uh, looks very iOS-like and very Mac-like. And some of these are incredibly complicated setups, but I'm guessing you make these interfaces yourself. So, I mean, I'm guessing it's one of those things that that you need to invest a little bit of time in. Rich, is this <clears> something that you would... I mean, obviously, you're not a PC for your main door, but I know you run stuff in PC, like Fruity Loops or what have you anyway. Going to try it out? Um, I don't think I realized that I would have to run it within Windows, and I... And that doesn't prevent me from wanting to try it out. And it gives me another excuse to put Windows 7 on this new iMac I just got. But um, I'd kind of like to try it out. I had a lot of really strong impressions of this software. I thought, for one thing, that it was really interesting in the way it sounded and the way it gave access to musical parameters via non-traditional means. Certain graphical things reminded me a little bit of Jasuto, which runs in the uh, iPad world. Um, other things where they were interacting with external controllers were very interesting, but yet certain basic things like the way the program sets itself up at first seemed extraordinarily fiddly. And you had, you had video of guys resizing all these windows and doing all the, doing all this kind of setup work that I'm not sure I want to do when I'm working all the time. And so where I believe that products need to succeed on both an extremely deep level and also on a, another higher surfacey level where people can interact with the program in a more easy way, like, say, Spectrosonic stuff does. It, it appeals on both levels. I'm not sure I saw in any of the videos I watched anything to lead me to believe that that easy user interface level exists with this thing. Like, I think you have to be somebody who's been like holding prayer vigils for the logic environment window on some level to want to get that deeply <laughs> into how something works. <laughs> you dig what I'm saying? You got to really want to get very deeply into deciding how this thing's going to work for you. And I'm not sure I want to do that all the time, but other times when it doesn't do what you want it to do, it's really useful to be able to go in and make it do something that the guy who invented it didn't think of doing. So on that level, I kind of appreciate the depth, but it's just not someplace I want to hang out, you know, five nights a week. Yeah, I think that's the, the, the I mean, and that, how, I mean, how do you make something that's so deep and so easy at the same time? I mean, that's like a big ask. Ask Eric Persing. Yeah, ask exactly Eric Persing. What Omnisphere yeah. does. I guess. Yep, Omnisphere does it brilliantly. Yep. Well, I, I, I would be interested to know how many millions or hundreds of thousands of dollars have gone into the development of that as opposed to perhaps this. But, uh, yeah, I, I take your point. Um, it looks kind of cool. Um, I'm not sure. Um, Howie in the chat room says, Pascal-like scripting capabilities which allow for the creation of new audio and MIDI processing modules. Because that looks dumb. And the other thing that looked quite interesting about the way that this worked was the fact that you could, once you kind of built the thing you wanted, you could export it as a VST DLL. So you essentially... Yeah. I, that, I mean, that is That's cool. That is like, wow, that is a very cool idea and something that makes me think, right, okay, if you could do the same thing with a, 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 like a reactor-like um, uh, environment or, you know, with TouchOS or any of these other things that would just enable you quickly to build something out of interface components and go, right, I'll make me an audio units thing. 
I mean, then we're cooking. Then we're going to start to see some really interesting stuff, and it's going to open things out. I mean, I don't know if Max MSP allows you to do that, whether you can compile, whether you prototype with it. I've never really played with it, but that sounds like... That's a direction I think all of this stuff could go in uh, very effectively and be really useful. What do you think? Mark? Yeah, you, oh, you oh, used so- to be able to do that. I, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure where they're at with it. I haven't, followed, I haven't followed that in a while. Maybe some of our other panelists know the answer to this question. But with Max MSP, you used to be able to, if you were running the Plugo runtime, you could, you could run uh, a VST, I believe AU as well, and RTAS as well. Um, uh, you know, instrument that was created inside of that environment. How he says, yes, that was copy-pasted from the Sensor Music site. So that is interesting. I mean, the thing is, Pascal-like coding, like scripting capabilities, th- those, those, three, those three words, four words, make me think, yeah, I, that's a language I'm not <laughs> familiar with. I don't know, Mark, I mean, you, you, you would probably be up for kind of getting a bit more sort of under the cover and messing around with something like this. I mean, because obviously you've got something that works similarly on your Mac. I mean, is it something that you would bother to invest any time in? Um, it is something that I would bother to invest time in. And I'm having a kind of a side chat with somebody on in the chat room, and I think I was actually using this. Uh, are we still on Sensor Music? We are, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we are, yeah. Yeah. So I was actually using that program in an earlier incarnation, but I just... I don't know. I mean, I, I get very lost in Max because there's so many different aspects of it to learn. Apart from the musicality of it, you've got to learn, like, programming and all that sort of stuff. So I spend a long time fiddling around with it and then uh, get sort of frustrated that I didn't get a result which was, in my kind of opinion, worth the amount of time that I spent on it, maybe. Right. Um because I don't know, like someone will bring out like some of those plugins that come out from the kids that practice. How old am I? Youngsters. <laughs> 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 okay, there's like there's you know people who are like 15 years old programming stuff and putting it on KVR, and you go on there and download some of these plugins, and they do the most amazing things. And I've spent hours and hours making a patch that will do something like this plugin will do, and. Uh, I just kind of throw it across the mix. Go, oh wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, but I'm not sure I want to use it. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I might. You might do. Oh, I think we might be losing Mark, or may have indeed I'm lost Mark. The plot. No, no, there you go. You've come back again. <laughs> It's interesting. I mean, this, again, comes back to the how much time have you got? You know, it's great if you're in that mode where you're able to explore and looking for unique and, and interesting avenues. But you also need a repeatability and a templating so you can be able to like, quickly just go, bang, I want to throw that. And that's why I like the idea about the VST because you can just go, right, bang, I'm just going to drop this down and there it goes. And now I've, it's almost like I've got a preset that I can give to other people. I mean, that's a, such a cool idea. Yeah, I mean, the thing I was interested in when I was watching the video of that was uh, it was all touchscreens, wasn't it? Everything. Well, I think was, there was touchscreen capability. It's not all. He was just showing that that's that's. But, you know, the, the, but it can. Yeah, but it got but it got me thinking about how, you know, I guess pretty soon we'll all be installing touchscreens into our studios, if not using iPads, but just actually having touchscreens as uh, ways <laughs> to interact with our software and it kind of got me thinking about how um how we are in like a kind of intermediary sort of 
we're, we're kind of going through this process of um, changing the way we're uh, interacting with our software, i.e. Uh, with the touch element. Um, and therefore, the customizability of things kind of being fantastic with, when you are, uh, you know, I, I think the, explore, the exploratory kind of side of things, being able to touch it and react with it would maybe inspire the the design choices that you would make and certainly having the freedom to do it based on your own sort of um, path of yeah. invention. Um, I, I think you just said something which is key, actually, and that's being able to touch, with, touch it and interact with it. Like there's a huge difference between a modular synthesizer and a bunch of wires and one in software. When you're dragging stuff around with the mouse, a lot of the time, everything that you do in software has the same kind of feeling, doesn't it? It doesn't feel different to plug. Like if you're plugging stuff up, it just has a feel. And like if you're playing around with yeah. real knobs and dials and stuff, that has a feel as well. So you need, you almost need to sort of visualize yourself doing that while you're doing it in software for it to make sense. If that makes sense. <laughs> so, um, so the, you know the tactileness of real, real stuff. Getting yeah. lost in that has a different hmm. feeling to getting lost in. Something I, like I, I don't think. Yeah, but I think that we're just used to working a certain way, a new generation. But, but it's interesting what you were saying about using touchscreen devices in the studio. It kind of reminds me of. Do you remember when? Um, obviously, you know the, we have the tape machines. The remote used to be the kind of. So you had the desk here and then you had your yeah. your multi-track remote which was used for configuring the machinery that was over there somewhere and the sort of the ipad or the touchscreen device or whatever is becoming the equivalent of that so that you're away from the desk or away from a synthesizer and you're controlling it from another part of the room rather than having to walk over and be in a different space mm-hmm. so i can see it maybe it's almost it's it's for remote operation really rather than uh, maybe necessarily using the cp you know, the actual processor on board say the ipad to create and be uh, the actual sound generator although as we know it's perfectly capable of doing that i mean as i've been you know been looking at the uh, the studio dock uh, the, i keep calling it studio dock they changed the name the elisis io dock which is great and i've been really enjoying that apart from the fact that it you know doesn't work in portrait mode because obviously it's in landscape mode the whole time so you get that sort of problem but i mean it is it is it's almost like the remote control of it isn't it i mean essentially Mm -hmm. you know another thing that's interesting about about everything that's been said here uh starting with the last the last thing that mark said about about tactile user interface and the thing that rich said earlier about um how a, a product needs to succeed on two levels, and that's the user interface level and the feature level, and that if if one fails, uh, it, it can let the other down. Um, I think that user interface, whether it's tactile or in software, has to somehow guide the experience of the user into deeper aspects of the of the product itself, and that both in the physical world and in the software world, recently we've seen. Um, products that have succeeded on this level uh, we brought up spectrosonics spectrosonics is a really really good i don't mean to to make this a love fest for spectrosonics but they're a really really good example of this they they do such a fantastic job of creating not only a simple to use and elegant but deep and compelling user interface experience that allows you in my, in my opinion to to go very very deep and creatively into a product the same way you would if you had you know wires and we're hooking and we're hooking them up you know, it, between between modules, it's not that you'll get 
the exact same result. You know, I'm not talking about it. It's an apples and oranges things, you know, an analog modular synthesizer in Omnisphere, or or ostensibly it is. But just the user interface aspect of it, how how compelling it is to use Omnisphere. I can get lost in Omnisphere for hours and just and just follow that deep deeply in. And so as it pertains to this to this product, I think that uh, Gaz is right in saying that this is we're on kind of a conver- we're on a convergence. Um, you know uh, uh, the fulcrum of a convergence here on the lip of a of a convergence of many different technologies that are sort of allowing us to explore all of these new ways into user interface and it's really really interesting to see how people are exploiting this and using this and where this will lead in terms of our experience as music makers it's really really exciting yeah i mean we, we it does feel like like us like like we've said the convergence i mean it's been something that we've discussed on and off uh, on the podcast since we've started, you know, three four years ago, that this this sort of that the idea of converging all of these things together, and that the iPod has iPad has just accelerated it enormously, really, hasn't it? Because before that, we were always going. I mean, I was always going on about the Lemur, the uh, because that was the closest thing that we had in the configurable side of things, and you know that's been superseded uh, as well. But um, you know, this has just made things much more accessible once again. Uh, but I think actually at this point we're probably at the end of the show, and because um, I need to turn the air conditioning on because I'm getting a little bit sticky here. So uh, I want to say thanks very much to all my guests. Uh, a great, uh, fulsome chat room this week. Uh, we seem to be growing uh, week on week, which is fantastic. So I'll jump back to the Skype view, and we can say, well, we'll say thank you very much to Rich Hilton first of all because he's there, Lou, in 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 full focus in the uh, in in the Skype window. So uh, Rich Hilton, uh, Hiltonius. On MySpace, and is do you still use MySpace at all? Yeah, I host a page there. I haven't. I I don't visit there any more often than I visit the environment page. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, <laughs> also on uh, Facebook and all other places, you can find him. Uh, I'm guessing. Uh, I didn't say in the introduction. Obviously, Rich is a studio guy, producer, engineer. Works with Nile Rogers in his private studio, as well as playing in the fantastic disco band chic or have been seeing lots of videos from to- from your last tokyo trip recently actually looks like you had a lot of fun we did and a great love audience. going there love going there and uh you've also heard my mixes on those videos ah okay that's what you're working on that's from is that from mm-hmm. the dvd then I, I thought it had multi-camera stuff i was thinking that's not it's, somebody with an iphone is it it's <laughs> not so much it's multi yeah it's multi-camera it's not an iphone um it's uh not a dvd it's a I believe pay-per-view special in Japan. Ah, okay. Um, but uh, whether it should become a DVD at some point or not, I cannot say. Won't be up to me. All right. But anyway, well, thank you very much for joining us, and thank you for for sharing that with us. I'll put some links in the t- in you the bet. show notes. And also there in uh, full effect is uh, Gaz Williams, SongSurgeon.co.uk, who. I hope you didn't break any speed limits uh, zooming back from uh, from the <laughs> coast to be with us. But thank you very much, Gaz. It's always a pleasure yeah, to have you aboard. I, I wanted to, uh, I mean, you can hear my voice is a bit echoey because I'm coming from my living room at the Your moment. Your newly painted living to... room, yes. There's no longer yes. got the green screen effect. And I wanted to show everybody the screen that we've put into the room. Uh, it's on the wall. Ah, ah so that's for projecting your, your kind of home theatre kind of thing, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was really, we've only just completed it, so I was just excited to show you all of that. that are you using a project? <laughs> what projector are you using out of interest? 
it's called an in focus one. It's uh, it's quite a powerful one. And we get a big screen. I mean, that screen we basically projected it onto the screen, uh, onto the wall there, and tried to work out the biggest uh, image that we could kind of get, and then we traced around it, um, and then used a, a special white paint, uh-huh. which is uh, really good for projecting onto. Apparently, it's much better to project straight onto the wall rather than onto a screen. You'll get a much better image. Um, so we sort of try to incorporate the screen, because the room is all in uh, like a dark green yep, kind yep. of thing. I noticed so you got for 4.3 uh, there rather than 16.9. Are you watching a, a lot of... Are you feeding your video cassette player into it, or you have other video <laughs> sources? No, the projector actually projects the the spread is is four three and then if you kind of uh, you can ad- adapt the, the it for widescreen and stuff. So um, so that, that's why we did it really. Okay. But, it looks um, nice that shape. I must say it, it fits with the proportions of the room very nicely. Yeah, that was the thing. And uh, yeah, so anyway, sorry. Thank you. Sorry. No, thank you very much. Thank you. Days, days doing it, and I don't know if you can make out the lines there. But trying to get those lines kind of uh, nice and neat. Was yeah, no, it looks a great. <laughs> Lots of Thanks. people would have hired a decorator, and I'm glad to see that you've done it yourself so effectively. That's brilliant. So thank you very much. That's songsurgeon.co.u, Mr. Gaz Williams. And uh, also we want to say thank you very much to Mark Tinley, likebeing.com. Are you there, Mark? Yes, I see Bye, you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for joining us this week. Have you, uh, I guess we're in the thick of the summer holidays, so you're doing lots of uh, day trips at the moment. I know, well, I'm not, but I'm trying to get work done. Children everywhere. Children everywhere. They were all falling out with each other earlier on, which is why I got a bit uh, vague in the middle there, because I had to try and work out why they were all crying. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> but I did just buy my daughter a new laptop. We had a day out to go and do that, so she shouldn't be crying, hopefully. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're all your children then they're all my children yes ah, okay. oh no hang on a minute well I, I don't know is 15 a child yeah I suppose it is a daughter's boyfriend is staying with us as well so he's 15 he's 16 so I don't know ah, okay. or not and they live in Scotland so I think technically she's a young adult I think that's what they call them <laughs> yeah well anyway thanks very much for joining us Mark always a pleasure <laughs> and uh, very well and we look forward to speaking to you again very soon. And, of course, um, we've got PJ Tracy from pjtracysound.com, who is, uh, I think he's there somewhere. Uh, thank you very much I for joining am. us, PJ. Have you got a lot on at the moment? I do, actually, yeah. Working on a mix today and um, gigging a lot this week. So oh, winding, cool. up, uh, winding up Friday with uh, – it's my birthday, actually, but I have to play a gig that night. So it'll be, uh, it'll be fun, I think. Good way to spend it. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, pjtracymusic.com. And also, I want to thank our sponsors, of course, that being yamahasynth.com, yamahadownlock.com for your, uh, the N8 and the N12 mixer, and, of course, uh, the Mac Pro video. If you want to get your 20% discount on any of the tutorials, head over to sonicstate.com forward slash MPV. So that was indeed uh, Sonic Talk number 228. Uh, thank you very much. And thanks everybody to to everybody in the chat room once again. We appreciate you uh, making it for the live show. It always makes it a lot more fun. So thanks very much indeed. <laughs>